It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hour number three of primetime action as we head into the weekend. Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, and Kelly Bidlin behind the glass. We Got through what we're looking at here with these awards, where we would go, and a little bit of, you know, just debate here on kind of where we think maybe the award should go, but they probably will not. I think that there are definitely some NBA players who, if we are being honest, are definitely more improved than some of the others, but just uh, we've seen historically how this award has been handed out, and, and Kelly, we looked at it last year, and probably going to be John Moran, even though he is not necessarily as deserving, but you know what we hadn't done here in a while is some updates. Not a lot of games going on, but let's uh, let's update the ones that are. Updates. Oh yeah, over in college basketball, we got a bunch going on. VCU on top of Richmond, seventy-seven to fifty-seven. This game just about over. I think it just went final actually. Uh, let's see, Dartmouth on top of Cornell, sixty-six to fifty-eight. That game just about to go final as well. 19 seconds remaining. We have Cleveland State on top of Milwaukee, 42 to 25. Cleveland State, 16 and a half point live favorites, 139 and a half the live total. How about Purdue Fort Wayne up on Green Bay, 33 to 23. Second half just about to get going. Purdue Fort Wayne, 10 and a half point live favorites, 124 and a half the live total. Over on the ice, we have three games in action. Hurricanes up on the Predators, three to one. Second intermission. The Predators are 10 to 1 live if you wanted to hop in. Uh, live total set at 6. Panthers have a 2 1 lead over the Wild. Second period just getting going there. Um, Panthers minus 300. Wild plus 210. 7.5 your live total. Stars and Blackhawks 0 0. Two minutes left to go in the first period. Live numbers minus 160 on the Stars, plus 120 on Chicago. 3.5 your live total juiced to the over. Taking a look here um, at some of these, some of the golf stuff that we'll get to a little bit later here. But guys, uh, some of the big names that did get cut: Ricky Fowl, Ricky Fowl, actually, Ricky made it on the number. John Rahm made it on the number as well. Uh, but we did see Corey Connors cut, Luke Liss got cut, Bubba Watson got cut. We got uh, DJ got cut. So uh, Brooks Kepka as well. Brooks Kepka got cut. You and I had, were on Thomas Peters. He got cut as well. And then Seamus Power, one of the guy who's been kind of one of the hottest guys on tour, he also got cut. He lost everywhere. If you look at the advanced stats, Wes, uh, he lost everywhere across the board as well. Tom Hoagie cut too. Now join us here on the program, Jeff Hammond. You can find him. He's a NASCAR analyst for SiriusXM, Performance Racing Network on Fox as well. You can find him on the Twitter machine at Hollywood. Jeff, Jeff, thanks for taking the time, my man. 
Man, I am excited about being here, and I really appreciate you bringing me on and get a chance to uh, talk a little racing with you. So we were, you know, I'm I'm really trying to, to wrap my brain around this, so glad to have you on here and get the, the perspective of all this. But for people who don't understand the difference between the Daytona 500 and a typical NASCAR race, can you give just kind of the, not only the prestige and the gravity, but just the, the difference in the race itself? Well, the biggest thing is, and coming off of a Super Bowl weekend a week before, uh, everybody understands how important it is. You play all year long, you do your playoffs, and you go and, you go and have your big game at the end of the year. With NASCAR, they do it in reverse. We are This is actually our Super Bowl. Everybody wants to win the Super Bowl. The, the weird thing about it is we start with the biggest race and then work our way to the championship. So it's, it's a little bit of a uh, confusing moment. But this is how big this race is. I mean, it's a good way to look at it is it's like a Super Bowl or a World Series when it comes to racing as far as that's concerned. And everybody, I repeat, everybody wants to win this race. Jeff, without getting too knee-deep in the engineering here, there is a new car that is being raced in NASCAR this year. The next-gen car made its debut. There was some testing here in the offseason, but this is the first race we're going to have. Just based on what you've seen, at least, through the first couple practices and then, obviously, the dual races last night, do you think that it's going to race any differently than a typical Daytona 500, or are we going to get what we usually see? And, look, we're going to get very tight pack racing, and then, as we saw last night, uh, some bump drafting in the corner, usually going to send somebody in the wall. Now, you're going to see a lot of that, but more importantly, is it's going to be more intense. What we have learned is that you could be running at the end of a long pack, and everybody said, okay, if you're at the tail end Charlie car, you know, you can hang on. You can have 15, 20 cars in a pack, and you can keep up. But they found out on Thursday night that you lose that draft. I mean, just a hint uh, of help. All of a sudden, you drop like a rock. I'm talking about losing 8 to 10 miles an hour. And that is something we haven't seen in the cars that they have been racing in, in recent years. So it's going to be much more up on the wheel. Got to pay attention. Your spotter has got to be accurate. And you've got to you're going to have to be aggressive to keep up in that pack so you don't wind up getting shook out and wind up getting a lap down. Jeff, it was the Chevrolets, of course, that were very good in qualifying, namely Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, front row, Kyle Larson, the defending cup champion, along with Alex Bowman, one and two, and they'll start one and two for the Daytona 500, a great American race on Sunday. But watching the dual races last night, Chevys weren't up there. Uh, they, people have been saying, look, the Fords are running good. They might not have had the speed in the qualifying, but they seemed to dominate last night. Top four positions in the first dual race and then the top three in the second dual race. Do you think that's what we're going to be expected to see on Sunday? I think you will. I've, unless they figure something out uh, here in the 12th hour, basically, in a, in a final Saturday practice, the Chevrolets and I believe even the Toyotas, because it, it's going to be the numbers. If you've got a lot of manufacturer help, you're going to do better and have a chance to do better, I think, this uh, Sunday than ever before. And we have seen in recent years where guys work together, and in the end, they wind up being up toward the front and have an opportunity to win. But at the moment, Chevrolet was when they get it trimmed out, they had you know good single car speed. But when it comes to racing right now, the Fords look like they're going to be the odds-on favorite to possibly pull off a, an upset and maybe even a surprise winner because there's a couple of young kids that are driving Fords this year that could have a uh, 
an opportunity to get a big win in one of their first races. And Jeff, you mentioned upsets. And look, we obviously have big names that have won this race. I think Denny Hamlin, what, three of the last four years. But last year, it was Michael McDowell, who was about 70 to one to get this done. And look, Michael McDowell, not always up there in the top five or the top 10 every single week. But the thing about the Daytona 500 is this is a this is a race where long shots tend to get there. We've seen it with Trevor Bain. We've seen David Reagan, at least in the summer race at Daytona. So you've got some big prices because everybody's going to want to look to Denny and Kyle Larson and, you know, Kyle Busch and Logano and the usual suspects. But who are some of the dark horses maybe that betters could be looking at at big prices? Maybe some guys a little bit off the radar here that you wouldn't be surprised to see there at the end. Well, you mentioned uh, uh, Trevor Bain, and he drives for the Wood Brothers. And the other night, Harrison Burton, uh, Jeff Burton's son, had a really exceptionally good run in his first outing here at Daytona. Uh, had an excellent chance to even possibly win that uh, qualifier. But uh, he is one of the the teams right now that I am looking at because he did such a, I mean, a masterful job of figuring this race car out and being able to work with these veterans and keep himself in the hunt. Uh, another young man that uh, hasn't won a Cup race, but he has won the Xfinity Series not only races but championships. It's uh, Tyler Reddick driving for Richard Childers Racing. This cat, I think he gets it. He ran a lot of laps early in the practice sessions, uh, you know, leading into the uh, 150s the other night. And I think he's got a really good hot rod. But the, the main thing here, guys, is you got to start looking at some of this experience that is out there, like Denny Hamlin, like a Kurt Busch. Uh, they, they have got some understandings about how to be patient and let the car and let the race come to them. And I think that's going to be paramount uh, on Sunday's race. So don't discount some of these veterans because uh, they're kind of they're kind of savvy about knowing how to u- utilize uh, what NASCAR has given them this year. And this new car is going to be a handful, not only on the racetrack, but also on pit road. Making the right decision, two tires, four tires. What kind of adjustments that you want to take the time to do on race on the on the pit road? There, it's going to be critical. Uh, Jeff, you just mentioned the bushes, and we got about two minutes left here. Jeff Hammond joins us as our guest previewing the Daytona 500. Of course, Kurt and Kyle Busch, both here from Las Vegas. Uh, Kyle Busch has won about everything in NASCAR except for the Daytona 500, the great American race, and has drifted up close to 20 to 1 in terms of price. And I know the pandemic, it was kind of a rough spot for that team because that's a team that always gets better as the weekend goes along in practice and in qualifying. And he had a little bit of a drought what about Kyle Busch's chances on Sunday is he's not one of the short favorites like we usually see him to be I think you know that uh, this is where I'm talking about the manufacturer scenario even though his teammate has been really good about getting to the end uh, and winning uh, and my suggestion to, to Kyle is if you want to learn something and want to put yourself in the best position to win that race get hooked up with your teammate Get hooked up with Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin is one of the smartest guys I know of when it comes to racing at Daytona. He's the only cat that's got three of these uh, uh, wins in in recent years. So he's the guy that's got this thing figured out, a lot like what Richard Petty and David Pearson used to do when they come down to Daytona. So if he wants to win, I think he can learn a whole lot from his teammate Denny Hamlin. You can find him over on Sirius XM Performance Racing Network as well. Also on the Twitter at Hollywood Jeff. He is Jeff Hammond. Jeff, thanks for taking the time. Really do appreciate it. Guys, y'all have a great weekend and 
Uh, good luck, and hopefully everybody bets heavy. <laughs> <laughs> we will be. I'll tell you what. I, I bet I, I made two bets that I didn't know that I was even going to uh, to be making. And here's the thing: you can tell by the accent that he is authentic, Wes. That's the that's the thing. Jeff, of course, a uh, former uh, crew chief, two-time Sprint Cup Series champion, so he knows of what he speaks. And uh, we mentioned a couple guys. Uh, there's my uh, Daytona 500 bets, by the way, right there. Ryan Blaney, I'm matching up with Von Vrinkel and Wyatt Tomczak, who were here last night. Joey Logano got spun out in that dual race. Think he's out for redemption. I did take Kyle Busch at 21 to one, and his teammate from Joe Gibbs Racing, Christopher Bell, another teammate there, 33 to one. And then Jeff mentioned one that I'm on. That's why I was nodding my head. Harrison Burton, 60 to one, the young 20-year-old. I think he's going to be up there at the end. We'll talk some NHL futures when we come back. We'll also get to our NBA power rankings a little bit later. We'll look at the golf as well. Primetime action here on a Friday. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. L. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is PTA here on a Friday. Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, and Kelly Bidlin looking over. No, no basketball action. I will no NBA action tonight. Uh, there is some NHL action going on. Don't think you want to get involved with this one, though. 13 minutes left in the third. The Hurricanes have now taken a 4-1 to mm-hmm. lead over the Predators in that one, so not a price you're going to be looking to uh, to get in on there. The Panthers 10-50-ish left in the second period. They're up 3-1 to 
on the wild in that one, Wes. And then we get to the Stars and Blackhawks. That was the one where um, Andy said maybe the Blackhawks were approaching a little bit of value cons- uh, seeing how uh, that number was drifting. We're scoreless at the end of one in that one. Yeah, we are. And uh, look, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury has been uh, playing better of late for the Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. Got off to that rough start. But uh, he is in goal, by the way. Nine saves. Nine for nine there in the first period. So no score here. Stars and Blackhawks. One game left on the slate. That'll be about 50 minutes from now. Right here at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. It is the Vegas Golden Knights hosting the LA Kings. Currently at DraftKings minus a buck 65 on the Knights. Plus 140 on the LA Kings. Six juice the over minus 120 and just getting going Maryland and Nebraska you do have a play in this one we're about four minutes in, in there. yeah I do uh, eight to six by the way after the first TV timeout Nebraska closed as two two and a half point favorites or two and a half point dogs rather at DraftKings so I took the small home dog also Wright State in Oakland on that uh, great court up there at Oakland University oh. all tied at 13 seven minutes left to go I did take Wright State four and a half was a little late money to the Oakland side though so that did close five. Yeah, what a what a bad viewing experience. Like the ball blends too much with the dark wood on the court, and it's very hard to kind of make out what's the, the Matthew Knight Arena up at Oregon is also another one yeah. of those courts a little. We do have one other uh game tonight in college basketball. We got Missouri and Mississippi State. That is happening in about 13 minutes if you want to get in on that one. 11, 11 and a half home favorites are the Mississippi State Bulldogs. A total of 135, um, Wes, no no, uh, no thoughts in this one, yeah? Yeah, I did not play this. Mm-hmm. Mississippi State, by the way, uh, does come off a, uh, a tough loss to Alabama. They actually had Alabama down in Tuscaloosa, let them off the hook, lost 80-75. to 75. Mississippi State was all of a sudden looking maybe spry to make the NCAA tournament, but now they have lost four straight, lost at Arkansas, lost at home to Tennessee, lost by four at LSU, and then lost by five at Alabama. I just said uh, a couple nights ago, so they get back to back with Missouri, by the way. They get Missouri in Stark Vegas at the hump tonight, and then they got to go to Columbia on Sunday. Maybe this is the time to get right, I think, for Mississippi State. Missouri, you know, can be competitive in spots, mm-hmm. but Conzo Martin's team, not very good. We'll see if they retain him in Columbia. Mississippi State or nothing for me. Lay it or don't play it. And you, uh, you, we owe you a winner video, right? Kent State? Oh, we, do. Yeah. Golden we do. Golden Flash it. They hung on. The Golden State. Look at that. Look at this guy. With See, that is winning. Or peaches, potatoes. I don't even know what it is. I mean, I would hope that's not potatoes. I, I said they hung on. They did win by 23. I don't, be, I don't believe that they covered the second half, though. So, uh, sorry if I deterred you, Isaiah Von Vrinkle, in terms of the middle opportunity. Ohio would have middled that second half, 37 to 30. The Bobcats were laying five. But when you're up that big, I think you just leave it alone and just uh, don't get greedy and count your winnings. Who do you have in this LSU Alabama uh, gymnastics meet that we had that Kelly has us watching down here? I was just laughing. I, I do not. I hey, do Weston not know. charges the TV when he's in. <laughs> yeah, uh, apparently this is like a thing for ESPN now uh, uh, in terms of all these uh, gymnastics meets. So uh, I'm trying to see are there any Olympians that I recognize from the USA team that might be on one of these schools? I do not. So. I stayed neutral. You stayed. You stayed neutral on that one. Um, we did update. We did not. Uh, we did update the curling. I asked. I think I asked this, but we didn't get the the answer on air. We we did not win the bronze. We lost to Canada, so Ugh. we can't curl. We are not one of the best we three curlers. The hockey too in the yeah. gold medal game. Canada uh, owning Team USA. So right? we are not one of the best three hockey countries. 
I mean, uh, it's curling countries in the world. By the Shots. way, this ESPN gymnastics thing, yes. apparently this is a thing. Friday Night Heights. Oh. They are promoting this. Apparently. I see what they did there. Yes. I this, see what they did. Yeah, okay. this is all over the place on ESPN, SEC Network. So uh, college gymnastics for all. So no NBA. You got to air something. Yeah. Uh, Wes, we, wanna do, we did want to look at some of these futures in the NHL and just see if there was anything at all you thought maybe would be worth a bet for anybody that is looking to kind of transition out of the NFL season into something new, whether that be the NBA, the NHL, college basketball, whatever it is. Hopefully you're listening to Wes on long shots and it's golf. But uh, on the NHL side of things, we do have um, some futures. And these have actually changed even since this graphic was made. The Avalanche to win it all, 4-1. to one. Uh, The Panthers to win it all, 7-1. to one. Lightning, 7-1. to one. The Golden Knights at 8.5-1. to one. Maple Leafs, 8-1. to one. The uh, Hurricanes, or as Andy McNeil says, the Hurricanes, 12-1 to one, uh, to win it all. We got the Pittsburgh Penguins at 15, the Flames at 15, the Wild at 16, everyone else 22 or longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have any bets as of yet, but if I were going down there, the rightful favorites, of course, the Colorado Avalanche, they're the best team in hockey. Mm-hmm. They have the most points. And then right now, looking Florida Panthers, 71 points, Tampa Bay Lightning, 70. That's probably the best divisional race going right now in the Atlanta. Division. So those are the top three points team. VGK, not really. I mean, only at 59 points, but we've all we always talk about VGK. You're not really gonna get a lot of fair prices in the futures mm-hmm. market, especially here in Las Vegas on these guys. Toronto is always gonna be a popular team because you get the Canadian betters and whatnot. And the Leafs have been very good this year. 67 points. They are third in that high-powered Atlantic division with Florida and with Tampa Bay. So if I were looking a little bit down the board, I was a uh, communicating with a buddy of mine in Pittsburgh and he was lamenting the fact that the Pittsburgh Penguins who have won several Stanley Cups uh-huh. are in first place and nobody is talking about them everybody's talking about okay who's going to be the new Steelers quarterback right. who, where is Kenny Pickett going to go in the draft uh, who's going to be the new general manager for the Steelers and nobody is really talking about the Pittsburgh Penguins and they lead the division the Metropolitan Division 31-12-8 and eight. they have 70 points uh, trying to hold off Carolina Carolina's about to tie them though up 4-1 to one on the Predators tonight Carolina now is going to win 6 of their last 6 Six and zero at home on this streak. So Pittsburgh Penguins at fifteen to one might be, you know, the one maybe in that intermediate, I guess, that aren't quite chalk, but aren't quite long shots or dark horse. But the thing about the Stanley Cup playoffs, they're usually a little bit less chalky than the NBA. I know mm-hmm. the NBA the last couple of years we've gotten some different winners and we've gotten some upsets. Usually it's like all the better seeds are going to win and move on. You don't often get that in the in, in the NHL and uh, really the home. Uh, ice advantage, if you will, I think it's a lot more negligible than it is in like the NBA with the home court advantage. So uh, don't be afraid maybe to go against this chalk, but this chalk is chalk for a reason. So Wes, are you saying a team that is almost never sneaky in the Pittsburgh Penguins is a little be- being a little <laughs> sneaky this year? They're not, they're not uh, getting... Imagine that because uh, yeah, you've seen, I think all these Southern teams down there in that Atlantic division, Florida, Tampa Bay, uh, Toronto, not exactly Southern. I believe they are Northern mm, yes. uh, in North America, but nevertheless, they're third in that division. 
division. But all those teams are kind of getting the hype a little bit. So I usually like teams that play good defense. I would usually be on the Boston Bruins, who I don't believe are on that graphic. But Boston has had a lot of injuries this year. So I usually like a team with really good defense and really good goaltending. But the Bruins 22. Yeah. 22. Yeah. I mean, that might be worth a shot. Brad Marchand, by the way, still suspended for Boston. He's eligible to return February 24th against your Seattle Kraken. No, 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 no. He's going to destroy the Kraken. He's going to destroy the Kraken whenever he comes back. Um, the way Kelly said that, I just the way you said that, it just made my mind go to. It'd be hard for a penguin to sneak up on anyone, like mm-hmm. like an actual like because of the way that the they walk. Yeah, yeah, they waddle. They probably squirt, it takes them forever squirt. to the get somewhere. The penguins. Yeah, yes. Like you would just you'd hear them coming. Like there's just no way for a penguin to be able to sneak up on on anyone. I, just, I was kind of laughing too. Like the penguins are like one of what the top five most famous hockey teams. I'm yes. just like I can imagine your buddy in Pittsburgh like freezing right out his penguins yes. jersey. Like why are we getting more attention? This he, is not he, fair. He's, he's an angry yinzer <laughs> from, from what I hear and what I gather. And by the way, you look at the Eastern Conference odds, Pittsburgh 13 to 2 plus 650. So right now that kind of matches the uh, seeding a little bit of the points. Obviously, Florida and Tampa Bay, the two top points team in the Eastern Conference. But Toronto and Carolina have less points than Pittsburgh, a little bit shorter price. So Penguins would be my like sort of under the radar. I don't want to say they're like buried under the radar, but they're lurking. They're not exactly the favorites here. Wes, uh, real quick, Hart Trophy, Connor McDavid only 2-1, to one, Ovechkin plus 380. You can get Dreisaitl at 6.5 and, and then Austin Matthews at 7. Is it is it fool? Is it is it silly to bet against Connor McDavid? I don't know if it would be silly, but I mm-hmm. think McDavid is the clear favorite. And also, the thing with the Edmonton Oilers, they were a kind of a disappointment to start the season. They've got all that talent with McDavid mm-hmm. and Dreisaitl and uh, some other guys, and they're two of the top four choices for the Hart Trophy. By the way, Dave Tippett did get let go. I didn't think he was very good fit for that Oilers team. All of a sudden, Edmonton's starting to play good hockey, so I don't know if I want to get in front of Connor McJesus. That did really shock me when that happened. Kelly, um, I know Kelly was talking about that for like a week. I am that, still shocked. Whenever that happened. Uh, we're going to look at the, uh, we're going to look at our top 10 teams in the NBA. We power ranked who we think the best 10 teams are today. Not necessarily where they will be down the line, but today, right here on Primetime Action. You are looking live at Primetime Action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN has a great new offer that can only be described as madness. You get VSIN all access to everything we do from now through the college basketball championship on April the 4th for only $29. $36.99 Canadian. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 27, 24-7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VSIN.com with our exclusive betting splits breakdowns on every single game. The deal only happens once a year, so don't miss out. VSIN.com slash madness to sign up today. Go, go, power rankings. Oh. <laughs> that's a reference the kids downstairs don't get either. Oh, gosh. Because no. they're too young for that, even though that's before us a little bit. I see you saying, get out of here. I know that. Von Vrinkle? Oh, man. I got Dakota and Isaiah, who are both about, on average, 25.2 years old. Saying they know that, but they've never seen rounders. They've never seen rounders. <laughs> never seen but they rounders. they know power rangers. 
golly. Kids All right. today. Well, that's they might be saying we know we can't. We, there's no way for us to confirm that one way or another whether they actually knew Power Rangers or not. So we yeah, just have to take true. your word for it. All right, we ranked our team, the the top ten teams in the NBA, from what we think is actually the best teams today, like where they sit today, not necessarily in the future. So for me. Coming in at number 10, which has a definite, definitely has the chance to move up here, and I think it's one of those teams that we'll be keeping a, a pretty good eye on, is the Celtics. Jazz coming in at number nine. I think that they are good. I'm not 100% that they are really good, so I have them down at number nine. The Grizzlies, I cannot ignore what I've seen with my eyes so far. They could fall off. I understand that. But we're ranking today. As of February the 18th, and as of February the 18th, I have them at number eight in the NBA. Bulls at number seven, and I understand this is a bit disrespectful to this team for what they've done so far, but I do think that they've run a little hot. I do think that they've run on the right side of variant. Look, DeMar DeRozan has been absolutely fantastic, but I don't know if this pace is anything that is actually truly sustainable that he's got going on right now. Considering whenever we were looking at what he was doing, Wes, there was a name that he had uh, that he had surpassed, and it was Wilt Chamberlain. And mm-hmm. any time that Demar Derozan and Wilt Chamberlain are in the same breath, yeah. when it yeah. comes to the his- guy, the guys, by the way, at Stat Muse <laughs> yeah. do a great job. Uh, recommended follow on Twitter. I like the little cartoons, yeah. like the little sketches of all the players. And I saw Derozan with the braids right next to old Wilt the Stilt <laughs> yeah. on that Stat Muse. So uh, look, Demar Derozan has been absolutely on a tear scoring perspective. But it's just you like any time that Derozan and Wilt Chamberlain mentioned in the same sentence it's probably not like long-term sustainable number six Brooklyn Nets for me they have a chance to rocket up this board obviously Ben Simmons is coming in they are will eventually get back we assume they will eventually get back Kevin Durant we assume that at some point there will be uh, an opportunity for Kyrie Irving to play in home games as well so yeah they're holding the sixth spot down has a chance to rocket up to probably you know in that one two three range Warriors at five it's the just it's I just can't go higher than than where they are. We kind of talked about this a little bit last night. Warriors at five because I really and truly like all four of these teams better than the Warriors right now. The Heat, the Sixers, the Bucks, and the Suns. That's four, three, two, one for me. This Heat team, I continue to doubt them from a futures perspective. I've never put in any. I've never put in a futures ticket on the Heat squad ever in my entire life for whatever reason, and all they do is continue to 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 prove me wrong on the court day in and day out. Of course, the Sixers are good already as it is anyway, can only get better with the way that they're coming down. I love this Buck squad the way that it's composed as well. And then, of course, the number one team right now in, uh, in all of our eyes, the Suns. Yeah, you went a little more, I think, predictive on yours. I kind of went a little bit more, okay, what have I seen? So, clearly, what you had in your top ten, the Brooklyn Nets, could clearly be right there. Obviously, we got to wait and see with Simmons how this is going to play. I think with the Sixers, why I put them seven is because I want to see how this is going to function with Embiid and Harden. So, I kind of went with basically what I've seen so far. I don't know if these are truly the bet, you know, the the order one through ten, but that's where I went 
win. I have to give credit to Cleveland, who I think is still continuing to win. They've had Darius Garland mm-hmm. hurt. They've had Colin Sexton hurt. So they have not had their full arsenal of guys, and yet they still continue to do well. I think probably a young team, even though Kevin Love is a nice veteran presence there, is probably going to fade a little bit. Boston had been red hot until they lost, of course, to Detroit. We talked about that on PTA here Wednesday night as Detroit got there as a 12-and-a-half-point underdog outright. The Chicago Bulls eighth. Uh, probably their guy, and I cannot pronounce his name, he might be like the front runner for executive of the year because when they didn't make the playoffs last year, it was like, oh, this trade for Vucevic, everything, mm-hmm. you know, everything they tried to do failed. And now we're seeing, you know, give it a little bit of time and some success. And then you have some success. So Billy Donovan obviously doing a great job at this team. Philadelphia seven, Utah six. Utah's starting to play better basketball now that they've got Gobert and Mitchell back together, even though those two guys hate each other, mm-hmm. but they managed to, you know, put it aside and play together. The defense has been very good. I was surprised, and maybe I'm not as, you know, nightly in depth or involved with the NBA as you guys, but I was surprised to see Utah Jazz number one team in the NBA in scoring yeah. because I remember these Jazz teams over the years, and and this is when Quinn Snyder, w- w- you know, was first there, maybe his first couple of years. This was always a team that they would defend the hell out of you, and they couldn't score in the fourth quarter. You get down to that final six minutes, and like nobody could hit a shot. Now this team can score. One of the things that concerns me long term is that bench. I-, I think that starting five can compete with anybody, but uh, I have the Jazz at six bucks five grizzlies four miami heat number three golden state two and phoenix suns one i think that's pretty consensus with uh suns number one but i kind of went with what i've seen so far not necessarily what i think these order is going to be like a month and a half two months from now. yeah i don't i don't i don't think really any of us are, are doing that uh west but i, I just want to add on to your utah note because on my night to night nba handicapping i don't really look at full season long statistics and stuff like that. But, you know, for a, 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 a purpose like this, yeah, that's what you want to do, right? So I'm like, I was shocked to see the Utah Jazz number two in the league in net rating up mm-hmm. to this point. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is Phoenix Suns and Utah Jazz just like it was much of last year, too. I was I was a little surprised to see that. So anyways, go with my uh, power rankings here. Start number 10. Nets almost didn't almost didn't make it for me. This If this is right now, we're power ranking teams right now, this is a team with an injured Kevin Durant a Ben Simmons when I don't know when he's going to be on the court, but he's supposed to be back soon. Like a week and a half. Well, yeah, in a week he's and getting half. over all of the I stuff that was yeah. But Kyrie's yeah. still playing on the road, so I'm sorry. As of today, I could not put them any higher. That's for sure. I almost left them all out of here completely uh, with how how hot the Mavericks have been playing recently. I almost put them on here instead of the Nets. But anyways, they come in at number ten, number nine, the Bulls. Okay, yeah, it's are, are they tied for number one in the East? Yes. Is DeMar DeRozan having an incredible season? Yes. Do I believe, truly believe in my heart of hearts that they belong with those five teams on the left side of this board? No, I don't. I'm sorry. Um, And I don't think they're going to be there at the end of the year. This is a team like we've seen the Jazz often do. They could have an incredible regular season. I don't think that's going to equate to them making a deep, deep run into the playoffs. So Celtics, this is the team where we really look at recently and what has happened recently. This team, their net rating, uh, 10.7 in their past six weeks, they're 17-7 
in that time. Second best in the NBA net rating over the past six weeks. Vegas Celtics, you have to include here. It's hard not to include in the top ten, uh, even though they're a team that I don't necessarily believe in in the, lo- in the long run. I think there are four teams in the East that are really true title contenders, and I don't think I still don't think the Celtics are there yet. As much as I love Jalen Brown and Tatum there, I, I love those guys. I just don't think they're there yet with some of the other pieces. Grizzlies coming at number seven for me, one of the surprises of the first half of the year. This team is young. They've got a ton of talent. I think that youth, though, is going to – is going to hold them back in a Western Conference that has uh, the Warriors with a ton of veteran experience uh, and quality, quality star power on that team. The Suns, we have seen those young players come into their own already with DeAndre Ayton and Booker. Uh, I just don't think the Grizzlies can really compare yet. So I've got them in there at number seven. Jazz, really? When I was looking at the stats today, it was Jazz kind of, I knew they were going to be in my top ten. Didn't know I'd, ha- I'd have them as as uh, as high up there as six. But they come in at six for me right now. I think this team is. They just... As opposed to some of these other teams that are waiting on pieces to get back, they got Gobert back. They have Mitchell back now. This team is heading into the second half of the season at full strength. It was a scary thought for the Western Conference right now to see what they can do in the second half of the year. Warriors coming at number five. They're still kind of waiting to get Draymond back, get Wiseman back. We still haven't seen the full complement of pieces, yet I'm not going to take away from what they've done in the first half of the year, played like a great team. Top four here, these teams are almost interchangeable to me. Suns, Heat, Bucks, Sixers. Right now, uh, the Suns have been the best team all year long. I don't. I think you have to put them number one just for, just from that. If we're given really power ranking where teams are right now, what they've done so far, it is the Suns one. Heat, hey, they they have a share of that first first seed in the Eastern Conference, and they have all their pieces now. So Heat coming number two for me. Bucks number three. What I really believe is the best team in the Eastern Conference probably is in those three right there. Heat, Bucks, Sixers, uh, Sixers. We haven't seen James Harden on the court yet, so I didn't want, didn't want to put them above Milwaukee or. Miami, but they come in there right there at number four. What they've done the first half is incredible as well. So we all went. The consensus was heat at one. Bucks were in the top. Suns at one. I mean, Suns. Bucks were in top three for everyone. I think. Did you have them there, West? Yes. So, so top three for everyone. Okay. Yeah. So there we are. I mean, that's 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 about right. We'll talk at these uh, golf odds here whenever we come back. Where we're at. Primetime action. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, 
the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Final segment here on primetime action, Matt, West, and Kelly, we did go final in that Hurricanes-Predators game. They made it a game, but it ends up 5-3 to three in favor of the Hurricanes. 3-1 to one in favor of the Panthers over the Wild as we head into the third period there. And we are about half, a little over halfway through the second period in that Stars-Blackhawks game. Still scoreless in that one, Wes. Yeah, so uh, Marc-Andre Fleury making a lot of saves. Been saying he's been playing a little bit better. So, uh, so far, just seven minutes left to go in the second period. If you got the under, don't cash your ticket yet, but five and a half, no score here in Chicago. As we said, one game left to go on the ice tonight. That's a 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific. That is the Knights and the Kings. The Knights are minus 165 home favorites, plus one. You can find a plus 140 out there on the Kings if you do want the road underdog guys um it has been a long i mean can you believe we went this long without talking about golf but here we are i know it's pretty it's pretty crazy we went this long without talking to golf uh joaquin neiman goes out shoots an eight under to get the lead at 16 but cameron young shoots nine under to be at 14 so even with neiman going eight under he only has a two-stroke lead over Cameron Young, who is at 14 under. Justin Thomas, seven under today to sit at 11. Adam Scott, six under today to sit at nine. Four under for Jordan Spieth to sit at nine. Colin Morikawa puts together back-to-back four under days to sit at eight. Cam Smith, three under to sit at seven under. Vic Hovland goes seven under from even par all the way to seven under to be a T7 with Cam Smith. Russell Knox, four under to sit at seven under as well at that T7. Mark Leishman, Max Homa, uh, Sebastian Munoz, Maverick McNeely all are T10 at six under. And Wes, what this does for us from an odds perspective here. It's kind of shifted this very interestingly. We were kind of looking here and saying, ah, you know, well, you don't need it because you have a Justin Thomas ticket. I have a Cameron Young ticket at 250 to 1. I also got a Neiman ticket, yeah. though. So, so, look, this is not over. I mean, I think Neiman's in good position, but not quite as good as it could have been because, like, like he shoots 8 under, and then it's like he had to shoot 8 under to be two, uh, have a two-shot yeah. lead when it's like you feel like this guy should be, like, five or six shots up. I mean, he's been dynamite really all week uh, through the first two rounds, uh, 3.3 around gain putting, a little under four gained approach, 4.17 T to green based on the two round average. So it's like, and all of a sudden he's only got a two shot lead. And by the way, Neiman last year, and one of the reasons why I liked him this week, 
He was second going into the uh, Saturday round. He was in that final pairing with Sam Burns, and then Neiman shot 78 and ended up finishing 43rd. And I do mention Sam Burns. This was about a month before he won his first PGA Tour event at the Valspar, where the second time around, he kind of ran away and hid from the field. But he was up five shots going into the third round on Saturday and didn't end up winning this event. So if you're on Neiman like I am, you know, you're not really there yet. He's in a good position, this, but he's still not an odds-on favorite. Yeah, he's destroyed this course. Um, he's destroyed this course two days in a row. But, I mean, listen, this course can bite you, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so there, there's definitely that. But as we sit right now, plus 110 on Joaquin Neiman to get it done. Justin Thomas, plus 330. Cameron Young, plus 650. Then we get into double digits. Jordan Spieth at 12. Morikawa at 14. Adam Scott at 16. Cam Smith at 25, Vic Hovland at 28, and then it just goes, uh, falls off a cliff from there. So, Wes, let's pretend we're not holding any tickets whatsoever, mm-hmm. right? Like, we don't have, and it's it's hard to kind of separate from that, I understand, but let, let's pretend we're not holding any tickets whatsoever. I'm handing you a $100 bill. Where are you throwing that $100 mm-hmm. bill? Kelly, I'm going to ask you the same question in a second, so get that in your, in your start to uh, I'm over here cheat. shaking my head. I think it's a tough question right Start now. to cheat. Yeah. I think it is too. I mean, look, I've already uh, Kelly and I both have Thomas tickets, and look, Thomas. No, 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 you have no tickets. We have no tickets. You have no tickets. We have no tickets. You have no tickets. You're coming in. I'm handing you a hundred dollar bill. Okay. Where are you putting your money? Uh, I would go with Justin Thomas here, and uh, of the of the shorter guys, I think he's gaining. If you look. You know, that's why he wasn't really in mm-hmm. contention last week because he lost on the greens down at Phoenix. But 1.28 average over two rounds, gaining not only putting, gaining around the green. So the scrambling has been good, always good on approach. And really, the approach numbers aren't that great this week so far. So it's like if he dials in those irons because he was number two in the field last week at Phoenix. And that's why I kind of thought maybe this is the time to get in on Thomas because the bread and butter is yep. back. He's always there. Him and Marikawa, in my opinion, the best two iron players on the PGA tour and really in the golfing world, he's gaining off the tee. So he's not missing as many fairways as JT can often miss. So he is gaining really in all five of the categories this week. Yeah. Kelly, I think there's only two answers for me here. So I'm interested to see where you would go. You have no tickets to this event. You're coming in on Saturday because you want to sweat. I'm handing you a hundred dollars. Where are you putting? All right. Here's what I'm doing because I'm going to explain this a little bit. I think that there are like Neiman is being out in front is a good enough of a golfer that if he went wire to wire, I would not be shocked. Now, if he completely collapsed, these two younger mm-hmm. guys at the, at the top completely collapsed, I also wouldn't be shocked, which makes this pretty difficult to live bet. So what I would do, do I have to pick one, Matt? Can I split it in half? No. I wish I, I was going to ask I if I could have that option. I'll give you 100 bucks Because of what I just said, I would take a longer shot here and, and just hope they work their way back into it. What I was going to say was split it 50-50 and go 50 on Cameron Smith and 50 on Victor Hovland, two guys that are at least good enough to maybe make, push, you know, put up a low score tomorrow. If Neiman and Young back off a bit, they're all of a sudden in the mix and you're holding 28-1 to one on it. So that's what I would do. Well, I got to answer one. I'll put 100 bucks on Cameron Smith uh, okay. and ride right. that. Okay. I I think there's only two answers to this question. It would be Justin Thomas or Jordan Spieth. Um, because here's the thing. You look at the rest. You, you, you look where Neiman and Young are, right, at 16 and 14. Mm-hmm. They, they could both just shoot even par. Yeah. And... Like Spieth would have to go like to catch Neiman, even if even Neiman shoots even par, Spieth would still have to go seven under. Yes, 
like even just to be even with him as we're going into into Sunday, right? Yep. And like he would have to go five under just to catch Cam Cam Young. Cam shoots shoots even par. So it has to be Spieth or Thomas, I think, because you look at those guys and okay, you pray at that point if you're if you're coming in on Thomas and you're coming in on Spieth, you're praying that Neiman and Young both only go. I think for us to say even par the way as good as they're playing is is not right. Is it okay? They only go two under for the day. Your guy goes five, six, seven under, something like that. You're still trailing heading into Sunday, but now you've got Justin Thomas right. or Jordan Spieth on a Sunday, and you're not having Joaquin Neiman or Cameron Young on a Sunday. Yeah, right? exactly. And look, I, I was basically, I was going to try to see if mm. I can make a case to add Colin <laughs> Morikawa uh-huh. into the equation, who I do not have. And he's kind of, he's like my danger man, to quote Nick Valdo. Yeah. I worry about it, but... One of the things is, is he going to regress around the greens? Because the worst part of his game this week in terms of the numbers is approach. Mm-hmm. He's only gained like a quarter stroke on average per round on approach. And he's usually up there gaining two, three, and however many strokes. But he's been really good putting. 1.78 putting, 1.32. We mentioned how important around the green was this week. And I think it has turned out to be so. You've got a lot of those guys on the first page of the leaderboard really up at the top and around the green. Cam Smith, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth. Morikawa, Joaquin Neiman, all guys in the top 10 in the field for strokes in around the green and all right there. I'm changing my answer real quick before we move on. Changing my answer because I answered this incorrectly oh. because okay. there's no water on this course. So when I part of my handicap of what we just answered was if Neiman and Young blow up, it's hard to blow up and have horrible rounds two rounds in a row without any water mm-hmm. and really not that much out of bounds space for them to go into. So not a lot of penalty areas. I think it's going to be hard. I you laid it out well, Matt. Where it's maybe, maybe, maybe you can get Neiman to shoot even par over the next couple of days. Probably not going to happen. You probably got to assume he's going to go two or three under. So I'm with you. I think you got to pick one of these guys that's in legit striking distance and to me that's really only Justin Thomas I know this is a different course too by the way but 20 under is the all-time scoring record Mm -hmm. at Riviera I was looking that up earlier I believe it's Lanny Watkins uh, many years ago now this course has had a couple different redesigns since that because this was in the late 80s but it's like can these guys really get to 20 under on on Riviera it just seems impossible but apparently they can they're well on their way and and and, you know look and and They've been amazing, but like, let's just to put it into perspective here, right? The guys that went one under or even today, you know, Rory only one under, Xander only one under, Zalatoris only one under. You go down a little bit further, you're going to catch Matsuyama only at one under. You go down a little bit further than that. Paul Casey shot even par today. Tony Finau shot even par today. Um, so Cantley shot one over today, right? John Rahm shot two over today. So we're talking all of these best golfers in the world mm-hmm. that only shot either one under even or over par today. So I like to think that it's out of the realm of possibility that Neiman or Young could Right, could, could shoot even par or one over and, even or something like that. And, is, young, is, and young, a very talented mm. player, but you know has not yet won on the PGA Tour. Two KFT wins, was second at the Sanderson Farms. This is taller cotton for Cameron Young if he's to get home on the weekend. And Wes is on Blaney, Logano, Bush, Bell, Haley, and Burton for the Daytona 500 as well. Get your tickets in. Kelly is on Blaney and Reddick for whatever reason. Enjoy your weekend. Good luck on all your bets. Primetime action. Down. Down.
It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.